Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you. On this Thursday morning, we've got earnings, we've got movers, Sava is a is a beast. We're going to talk about that. I want to talk about Alibaba. I want to talk about the semis. I want to talk about PayPal and eBay and Penn National and DraftKings. We'll get to your questions from our chat. Two guests on our radar today. First up is Mark Chicken. He will join the show at 8.15. And then Buck Andrews from Inform will join the show at 8. 35. Today's show is also sponsored by Inform. Their enterprise news productivity tool is designed to enable you to perform more thorough stock research by isolating the articles that are most impactful to your portfolio. To learn more, go to inform.info. There's the link on the screen, info. Um, hit that like button, hit subscribe, hit share, do what you got to do to help us out on the internet. Let's bring Joel Elkanen on now. Joel, how are we doing in the overnight trading session? Uh, nice nice range uh, overnight. Uh, inside day so far, uh, your pre-market high, 35.50. That's ahead of yesterday's high at 38.40. Pre-market low, 11 and a quarter. That's above the low from yesterday at 07.75. Uh, crude, trying to find a home here in the $56 handle. Trading up 43 cents at 56.12. Gold inching towards that major support at 1800, down 1740 at 187070. Silver, that's down three cents here, 2660. And Bitcoin working its way up to that major resistance at 40K. That's trading up $495 at 37,000. 885. We got a lot of movers to discuss today. We got some earnings. Yep. Triple D. What are you looking at? Doggy coin. <laughs> I'm looking at doggy coin. Can we get doggy coin up there, please? Can we get doggy coin? Dogecoin, uh, whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, I'll pull I'll pull Why up a chart. Why did call it doggy coin, though? Like, it's got a dog meme or whatever. You know, you see this dog. All everywhere, and they call it Doge. Why do they not call it? It's you know, it gets a D O G E. You could pronounce it Dog E, Doggy Coin. I like Doggy Coin. I'm changing the name of Doge to Doggy Coin. I wasn't there when they named it, so I don't know. I'm calling it Doggy Coin forever. Anyways, okay. apparently Elon Musk likes Doggy Coin. There was like 25 texts or, or tweets in the middle of the night about Doggy Coin, and he's got. Can we show? Can we show them one meme? 
with him sh- holding it up, or it doesn't matter. What the the one from Lion the King? Lion King. Yeah. Are we yeah. allowed to show that, or do we get like a copyright? No, no. We could we could show that. No, we could show that here. One second. Or is Twitter gonna find us? Is Jack Dorsey gonna find us for showing his tweets live on Benzinga's pre market prep? What like that? Yeah. Look at that. Now that is the richest man in the world, right there. <laughs> Right there. There he is. The richest man in the world. Ladies and gentlemen. Doggy coin. We give you doggy coin. This world is messed up. Messed and, up. And, and the best thing is he tweeted, uh, it was it was this week. It was a couple of days ago. He said, I'm taking, uh, what do you, uh, he said, I'm off Twitter for a while, right? Yeah, off Twitter for a while. February 2nd at 3.45 a.m. Eastern time. Off Twitter <laughs> for a while. He couldn't even go 48 hours. He couldn't. I think he was into uh, a little bit of the fun stuff last night because these tweets, there was something know. going on. What what Mitch say? Know. That was like a, a brainstorming session he had there. Create, creative night. sessions. Creativity creative, session. Creative sessions. Yeah. Remember Wolf of Wall Street? That's where they all go party and then they come up with the great ideas. Anyways, yeah. holy yeah. mackerel. I don't know what to even say about any of this, but it's kind of it's humorous. That's all. Are you in any do- doggy coin? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not in that. Is anyone in any doggy coin? Chat, you guys got doggy coin? People long doggy coin? It's Doge. Come on. Doggy. I've renamed it. It's doggy coin. It's a dog. It's not a Doge. That's a dog. I've seen a dog before. That meme, that's a dog. It's now doggy coin. Well, we got somebody. Each one N E is in. Oh yeah, no, Clinton's in too. Oh yeah, Wilkins in. We got some we got some doggy coin lovers out there. Tom's in. Lowell's in. Yeah, Paul's this, in. This is a this is a one I can't month. Even keep up with the military's in. Yeah, this is a well, one month. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing up a one month chart of, of Dogecoin. Just, just D'Angelo's in. Andrew's in. Melody's in. We got some dog coin lovers. We gotta start doing technicals. Can we do a technical on doggy coin? This is a one month chart. It's gone from one cent to fifty cents. Holy mackerel! There's some return. Is it fifty cents? Yeah, no, five cents. Oh, I'm sorry, I, I can't read. It's five cents. <laughs> so it went from one cent to five cents. Yeah, yep. It's like a nickel, so I can trade in my nickels and get doggy coins. Maybe I should do that. Trade in a few nickels for some doggy coins. Joel, what do you think? Should we go trade in a roll of nickels for a roll of doggy coins? <laughs> go right ahead. All right, trade your little heart contential, uh, Dennis. <laughs> Joel's not even. He's Joel. not even engaging in this conversation. Joel doesn't want any part of it. There's no engaging in this conversation. Anyways, Mara right. says I'm ruining the show, so we got to go on to some stocks. <laughs> All right. Can, let's go. Well, let's stick with crypto and talk about crypto stocks because PayPal and Square are both moving this morning. PayPal had earnings, and that's that's obviously like the headline here. But within that earnings report, which was good, uh, there was some lot, some good stuff said about their engagement uh, with in terms of cryptocurrencies, right? Their, their crypto engagement, you can trade, buy and sell crypto uh, through PayPal. Um, and it's it's working and it's going great. I want to quote an analyst here this morning, uh, if I can. Uh, the Dan Dolev, who's from Mizuho, uh, sees PayPal becoming the ultimate financial super app, transcending across payments, commerce, and financial services. So it was a good quarter for PayPal. EPS beat, sales beat, total payments volume up about 40% year over year. They gave good guidance, good numbers across the board for PayPal, Square moving up in sympathy on the uh, the payments cryptocurrency uh, trade. 
Yeah, I mean, this the company is unbelievable. It fires on all cylinders all the time. It's in the right space. I kind of agree with everything you just said. It's the only thing that turns me off is valuation. But, you know, you got to pay up for the good companies. I don't chase on pullbacks here. I think you still got to be a buyer of PayPal. I see a $300 in the future, and I think it's coming sooner than later. So uh, maybe you get a pullback here or there to get yourself in. But I think PayPal is eventually a $300 stock. Uh, buyers ahead of the report for sure. We were under 236 sessions ago and we just briefly touched 270 and that was in the after hours trading. So there's a potential target for you if you're looking for something a little bit ahead of that. Uh, just over the last half hour, 45 minutes, seem to have a, a little bit of a seller there at 268, but We'll have to see what happens in the regular session. Of course, you want to see that 268 taken out. You want to see 270 taken out and keep on going. But right now, can't really give you much support. Maybe 264. Square obviously trading up in sympathy here. A pairs traders trade those two together. It's up five bucks, 233. Every dip has uh, been a buying opportunity for this monster too. Again, valuation's insane, but market doesn't care about valuations. So, I guess, guys, the limit on Square 2. I don't own either of these. I wish I did. Um, I'd be a buyer of pullbacks. Had to break the rebound. Uh, not quite at the all-time high. 234 is where it stopped again. In the uh, That was in the after hours. So not up, but not as much. Still trading only a buck off that. So you get above 234. What else do you got to look at in the 230 handle? Uh, let me try and give you a level here. If if two thirty four is not good enough for you, maybe take a look at two thirty six forty three. There you go. There's your next target in thirty eight seventy eight. But uh, first things first, hard. take out that pre market high. It's hard to not think new all time highs coming for Square Two. Yeah. Next. Uh okay. Let's let's, let's keep on the, the earnings parade here. Let's go to eBay. This was a big winner. From the after hour session, wow. uh, yeah, eBay reported uh, basically that they did everything right. Right, they they gave an earnings beat, they gave a guidance beat, and they raised their dividend by two cents a share. So the earnings beat eighty six cents versus an eighty three cent estimate. Sales beat two point nine versus two point seven billion dollars. Uh, guidance that's for the current quarter. EPS well above estimates. Sales guidance well above estimates, and they're raising the dividend quarterly dividend from sixteen cents a share to eighteen cents a share. Uh, beat, beat, divvy, raise, all translates to a pop. I've got to say, you know, we talk about Amazon, you talk about the growth of companies, but when you consider the PayPal-Ebay combo from 10 years ago, yeah. is there a better combo? I bought eBay at $11 a share during the financial crisis, and that was when it had PayPal. I actually held it for a long time. I spun me off PayPal, so I got all the shares of PayPal, too. But in order to figure out where we are now from $11, you have to add eBay and PayPal shares together. Because for every 100 shares you had of eBay, they gave you 100 shares of PayPal. So that $11 purchase of eBay back in 2010, 11 years later, is now worth, what, 63 plus the price of PayPal, which is 267 So you're talking about $330. You're talking about up 3,000% the eBay-PayPal combo from back to 2010. I sold my eBay around 30 and I sold my PayPal at 40. Big mistake. <laughs> Wowzer. Uh, new old time high by a wide margin. They got really excited on that print. 
Uh, and how many times do you see that? You know, in the, the first reaction to earnings or news, 64.86, but hey, you're only at 63.70 right now. So we got a very good shot at taking that out and then just use your half and whole numbers until you satisfy all the buyers in this. Uh, really, the lowest you've been since you made that high was only uh, 63 bucks. So 63 to, to 60, just under 65 potential range for eBay. You, you, you guys know who used to work at PayPal, right? No. Elon Musk. Oh, is that where he came from? Yeah, I did know that, actually. Yeah. I remember reading that. Somewhere. Yeah, I think they bought his company, and he became an executive at, at PayPal. And then he exited. And then and then he became Dogecoin. <laughs> and then the rest is history. <laughs> Sorry to bring it back to Elon, Joel. I, know. <laughs> I can't I know. stop thinking about Doggy Coin. I know, Joel's over Let's it. go All Qualcomm. Right. Uh, yeah, okay. So this is interesting here. We'll do Qualcomm, and then we'll bring on Mark Chaikin. So Qualcomm reported earnings last night, and... It's very interesting because there appears to be a massive chip shortage across the entire semiconductor space. So Qualcomm's numbers were good. Their EPS beat. Their sale, actually, their sales missed. So it was mixed report, uh, and they gave guidance for the current quarter, and that was in line. It, it, so it, they didn't blow it away or anything. But the more I read about this space, uh, everyone's saying that there is just a massive shortage of chips right now because they're, they're being used for EVs. They need them, of course, for, for PCs, for phones, um, uh, for the Apple car, right? So so there is just a massive shortage. Demand is is outpacing supply right now of chips. And the other thing is this is a 5G play. So you got to think of Qualcomm as a, a big 5G play. And I think on pullbacks, I'm long Qualcomm. I bought it back during the merch. It was one of the only stocks I bought during actual merch because I wanted it for a long time. I bought it at 61 and obviously it was a good buy. I've sold half of it. I just sold half of it last week and I wish I wouldn't have. I was getting spooked on the market. I thought, you know, that we might get a rollover. We did for a few days and then it's gone. I might just rebuy it. The, the half that I sold, that's going to raise my cost basis, unfortunately, though. But, um, down eleven bucks. I think. I think. I think it's a buy on the dip. Honestly, I do. Yeah, it, it, you've already had that. Um, just like the initial plunge on the on the print. Once again, you get that spike down one forty six eighty five, and now you just had. It's just not aggressive buyers, but just kind of you know hit my bid kind of buyers, and that's what you have. So look at that pre market low. See if we had that coincides with anything. Uh, I see some daily lows at 145, 146. So I think if you're short and it goes through that area, don't get too excited. Actually, I see a pair of lows just under 145. So that area is holding up well. If you're looking for more continuation on the upside, you need to clear 154. Uh, That was the initial bounce area. That was your shorter-term resistance for everyone that scooped it up here. So quieted down quite a bit here over the last couple hours, but those are some early parameters. The bottom of yesterday's range, that's going to take some time to get there. That's all all the way up at 161.80. Somebody's asking, is Verizon a buy? I I haven't really looked at the uh, daily on Verizon in a couple of weeks. Wow, they have beat that up again 
the reason we know a lot of these stocks with the higher dividends have been beat up because nobody wants higher dividends right now. They want to be making 10% a day. They don't want to sit there 4.58% for a year. I mean, Verizon is a dividend play. I think in a diversified portfolio, Verizon has a place in it. It's not in my portfolio. I'd rather own Verizon than AT&T, though. I know AT&T has a nicer dividend, but I think Verizon is a better company. So... I don't mind it down here at 54. What are your thoughts? Would you buy some I mean, it's there. It's giving you an area. You know, yeah. the big boys are stepping up at 54. It's got so, your dividend support, too. Yeah. Yep. So and I think it just helped. went X. So, you know, it had the X flop. Did it just go X? Yeah, I, I think it did. I think it did. Him and that I don't AT&T remember going did. X, but I'm not going to challenge you. Yeah. Go ahead. Look it up. Because what we talk about on Verizon, AT&T, there's such ex-dividend plays that they actually tend to be strong ahead of the ex-dividend date and week afterwards. And obviously, the price adjusts for the amount of the dividend. So you got to kind of you know, not consider that part of it. But you know what we see is you know the dividend capture players like to be in there ahead of the dividend. And they know there's usually a run-up a couple of weeks before it. So when it just goes X, you usually can see weakness for, you know, sometimes a month or two after it goes X. And you are absolutely correct, Joel. It just went X January the 7th. So it's a month ago. So I would say another few weeks. You know, maybe you want to see it stop going down. But if you're just a value guy, there's some value in Verizon. I won't argue with you. Let's bring on Mark Chaikin, the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other week here on Pre-Market Prep. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? We are hanging in there, Mark, hanging in there. Uh, I want to ask you, before we get to, to stocks that uh, the chat wants to ask you about, we want to ask you about, you've been in this game for more than 40 years, right? Um, have you ever seen anything like what happened last week in your 40-plus year career? A little bit, but not, uh, not driven by social media, obviously. Right. But there have been short squeezes, there have been um, incredible run-ups, and there have been hedge funds that have been hurt. But last week was unique. I mean, they've, yeah. they've gone back to 1923 and found Piggly Wiggly, so that's being written up everywhere. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was a big company. It's the first, it was the first supermarket where you could walk around and pick your own stuff. Prior to that, you told people what you wanted, they went and got it. And it was a big, big company, but... The founder ended up buying up all the shares to, to beat up the shorts, and then there was nobody to sell them to, and he, he uh, went bankrupt. So yeah. cautionary tale there. All right. Uh, first thing that someone in the chat mentioned when I said you'd be on today, they said, ask Mark about FedEx. So I'm going to do that right now. Mark, we know you look at that as sort of your, your bellwether, your indicator for the overall economy. What do you think of FedEx here? Well, the power gauge has turned bearish on FedEx. Uh, it's um, it's rolled over, not acting well. It's part of the reason I'm a little bit cautious on the market. Uh, we follow a methodology that when the money flow and the relative strength break down, we want to be, I'm sorry, it's neutral. It's not bearish, but it's underperforming the market. And shaken money flow has been weak for, since October, which was a puzzle to me when it was making new highs at 300. Um, my take is that it's one of those uh, backdrop indicators that makes you a little bit cautious. If things are so good, why isn't FedEx reflecting that? Uh, and it's not a stock I would own here. I mean, I think, and I do own FedEx. I've had it for a while in the long-term portfolio. Um, I I think it's like, is this as good as it gets, you know, to take it from that movie, that line? And I think the market thinks that we had the perfect environment for FedEx and UPS where 
everybody's staying home and they're locked down. And when we come out of this, which, you know, hopefully we are going to come out towards the second half of 2021, that everybody wants to get out there and they're not, they're going to go into stores and they're not going to do as much shopping online. So maybe this is a pre-pricing of that, Mark? It could be. I mean, I've always viewed the stock as both old economy and new economy. If the economy picks up, people are drop shipping, um, you know, parts and supplies and FedEx is part of the logistics chain. But I lean more in your camp that um, if the market's looking ahead six months, then FedEx has had its sort of uh, jolt in terms of, uh, you know, the um, shop at home delivery cycle. But I, I don't like to question it too much. When the relative strength broke down about a month ago, uh, I, said, I said to Sandy, who owns it, my wife, I said, I think the game in FedEx is over here. It makes me a little cautious on the market, not bearish, but, and she got out of it. So, um, do you, think, do you think, uh, and I don't, I don't know their entire business model, but do you think rising fuel prices maybe are hurting them a little bit? I mean, if you think about it, the crude oil, uh, the way the crude oil has moved, translated into higher gas prices. I don't know what a percentage that is for of their operating expenses, but that could be one possible reason. That's a good point, Joel. Uh, you know, both in the air and on the ground, uh, they're burning up fuel every day. Uh, and you got a rough winter here in New England, so I don't know how that translates across the country. We've had some more typical winter weather. The last five winters have been mild in the east and the Midwest. So maybe that has an impact, too, on their ability to deliver packages they're piling up. I know we, we've had backed up deliveries. So um, in general, I think there are more exciting names to talk about. And one of them is Pinterest, which reports after the close oh, tonight you know what and look at the run-up it's having into the earnings report we talk about you know i talk about extracting the alpha from the pre-run-ups i was long pinterest overnight and then it popped up two bucks last night i was like okay and i sold it uh but you know being long these stocks ahead of the reports has always been a good play and look you know in six days obviously we yeah. had the wash out there from the GameStop low 62.15 but then 79 dollars i mean it's up 17 points so now you look at it okay there's some you know that's a pretty big move ahead of the report right i mean likely they beat it but do they beat it by enough well two uh big forces in the market have been uh pounding the table on pinterest uh, motley fool reiterated it as one of the three stocks to buy yesterday and Kathy Wood bought a big position about eight days ago. It happened to coincide with that first top in the stock. Um, I'm now foolish enough to be getting her email every night. So I <laughs> see she the... was late last night. It oh, it came. It came at about six thirty, I think. I oh, saw your. I saw you your got, tweet. You got the early. You got the early email then. I saw your tweet. <laughs> Did you have it when I tweeted that out? Yes, I had it for over an hour at that point. How'd you get it at six? Who got okay, Kathy Wood? Who got it at six thirty last night? My email didn't know. come till eight thirty one, and everybody was complaining on Twitter that it didn't come till eight thirty one. You know, so after Mark's on the early list, uh, apparently uh, this is He's in tier wait, one. I'm in tier two. Apparently, <laughs> wait, wait, Dennis, I got it when you got it. Eight thirty one. Eight thirty one. This Can is you verify because if you got it at six thirty, I want to be on your list. Wait, wait, what time zone though? Hold Usually on a second. Usually it is six thirty. Usually it is six thirty. Yeah, I got, He's the same I got time it. zone. Yeah, I got it. Uh, in time to see the madness. Um, another stock she's buying is Pacar, and someone else is also talking about that. She's been buying it for the last yeah. week week or so. It's got a bullish rating in Chaikin. It's in the machinery sector. They make light trucks. 
it plays into the re, you know, not the reflation, but the re energizing of the economy, one? PCAR. But that's what I thought. Okay. Um, it's it's a uh, sort of infrastructure play, and that's okay. And then my real excitement today, because Sandy owns it, is uh, Digital Turbine. They reported blowout numbers. Big beat yesterday. Big beat. Seventeen percent up here. Big short. You know, relatively big short position. Not um, not like the crazies. Joel like a- the- Joel APPS is the ticker on that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. we've been talking Nothing about it. On, with, we've yeah. been talking about it on the show. It's it's been a wild ride. Ooh. It's come was twelve. 12- 50 in July when the power gauge turned bullish and um, look That's at this run. Any target on it or just going to let it ride? No, it's going to, There, uh, this is blue sky territory when the stock has no overhead resistance because it's like new all time highs. You can't pick a target. I was talking about that at the dinner table last night. Depends whether there's a bit a mini short squeeze. It depends whether a couple of brokerage firms pick it up or upgrade what I'm finding, and Dennis, you probably have been talking about this on the show, is the market is crazy enough that if someone raises their price target to 60 on a stock that's trading at 50, it instantly goes to 60. It's no, like people, it's like people actually believe these targets. They don't know their 12-month price targets. They think they're 12-minute price targets. Exactly. It's true. They, the analysts, everybody has more influence like than they ever have before because nobody wants to think for themselves. All they want to be do is they want to be told what to oh, buy okay. and they want to go buy it. And that's why, you know, somebody on CNBC comes up with a new idea, an analyst comes on. I The, the craziest thing is you see these analysts and they, you know, bump the price target and the stock goes up a bit. Then they go on CNBC and they mention it on CNBC and the stock goes up again and even more. So, I mean, and obviously, you know, we know on Twitter, people are, you know, the analysts are even talking about, you know, the ratings on Twitter even. Um, it's unbelievable how much, how influential some of these analysts are, but it's unbelievable how much, you know, some of these other people are too. Well, it's, magnif- it's magnified with Reddit and stock twits because it, one person posts and 4 million people know about it. It's pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, we've never had, uh, call it the democratization of information, but we, you know, we've always had access to this information. Starting in the 90s, it became <clears throat> available to everybody, but now it's instantly Instant, available. Yeah. And people yep. are magnifying it by, you know, emphasizing what's basically talking their book. So, and just to give an example, there was two headlines yesterday that quote unquote breaking news that I saw on CNBC that, or no, 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 not CNBC that I saw just in general that that weren't even breaking news. It was all news. One of them was the CEO of Kodak who tweeted in at like two o'clock about their partnership with Microsoft that was announced two months ago. And the other was uh, Phil LeBeau came on CNBC at like five o'clock uh, talking about how uh, Apple is close to a deal with with Hyundai um, about the Apple Kia. car, uh, Kia. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry, Kia yeah. about the Apple car. That was that was out there. That was yeah. out the day before. Right, that was out two days I, ago. So I, Kodak I and is, Apple. This is the phrase that has really rankles me. I've started watching CNN occasionally to yep. get a quote unquote more balanced view. And Wolf Blitzer's show every headline is breaking news. That's part I, of, I, I got, that's part of the script. Oh my I god! I. 
it, it, if I can tell you how much that bugs me, Mark, that is like my number one pet peeve in life. I went like I went to journalism school and I, it kills me, man. It kills me. I wish I could reach into the TV and yell, this is not breaking news if it broke four hours ago. But no. I can't. No it's part of the script. Me. I mean, no that's, it's like, me. you know, introducing someone. But Dennis, I want to get back to something you said, because I'm in the same boat. I was looking for a correction in late January into sort yeah. of mid to, late, mid to 21st of February. It all got compressed on uh, Thursday, Friday last yeah. week. Uh, in, correction. In theory, because um, people were banging on the stocks that the short sellers would, were long, which helped accelerate the whole thing. And people were maybe concerned about a spillover. But I still think there's some downside left. Uh, we got intraday better than a 5% correction if you look at the futures. I think they traded... Where, uh, Joel, they traded down around 3650, 3670. 5650, uh, Sunday night. Yeah. So that was sort of my minimum target. But I feel that once these, you know, good earnings reports come out, there may be some late reports that aren't as good because we really had some good reports from Google. And even the Qualcomm report was pretty bullish on the guidance. Uh, I think we got another more gentle test of that 3650 3700 area. You you're absolutely correct Mark and we talked about this. Um it really started with JP Morgan. Uh JP Morgan had a good report. There's one of the first ones out of the gate and it made a new all-time high the day before and then really gave a lot back and now it's starting to rebound. But it started with JP Morgan uh, we saw what Apple, Apple had the big run into the report. You see that made the new all-time high, pulled back. Uh, Microsoft has been a, a little bit different. Uh, Microsoft did is back up in that area, strong stock. A lot of that was uh, market-related. But your most uh, recent example is Amazon. And Amazon, I mean, how are you going to get a better report than that? That actually... Uh, got seven bucks above the high from yesterday or the two day high and then came in quite a bit. So that's what yeah. you're seeing. You're seeing you're seeing the earnings on these good companies yeah. being sold. Hasn't exactly. affected the overall market yet, but that's what you're seeing. Yeah, it's it's been a sell the news uh, earnings season. We identified that really early on. It hasn't pushed the market down, but it's, as you point out, it's providing some overhead resistance. Important to note that the smaller stocks in the S&P 500 are really carrying the water, which is bullish overall for continuation after earnings season. Okay. It's, it's not the big cap name. So if the S&P is holding up, it's not because of Apple, Microsoft, and Amazon. Great point. So interesting times here. Um, I, I am a little cautious. I think there'll be some buying opportunities uh, as we get deeper into February. Historically, February, first year of a president's term, a little bit weak for obvious reasons. You get the enthusiasm after the election, and I guess there's going to be a State of the Union address at some point, or maybe there has been, and we don't. It was drowned out by the, uh, the crazies. <laughs> by the by, GameStop, maybe. Yeah, uh, but, Mark. Yeah, Mark Chaikin yeah. is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. Joins us every other week. We always appreciate his insights, Mark. Thanks a lot. Yeah, give me a call, please. Uh, okay. I'll give you a call after yeah, we're done. I've been leaving you messages. 
All right. <laughs> I haven't gotten them. I haven't gotten them. I swear. I probably have a bad number. Enjoy, guys. Have All a right. good time. Mark, <laughs> I swear. I, I don't know. Spencer, I don't know what he's Justin Chaken. I don't know what he's talking you? about. I have no idea what he's talking about. All right. I swear. Although I did get an email from him, but I think I thought it was like, like, like a, one of those like spam, like like someone who was like trying to like fishing. Because it to be Mark Chaken. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I didn't respond. So maybe that's what he's talking about. I have no idea. All right. Uh, can we talk Clover Health here? C L O V. I, I don't think I've ever seen this before. So uh, Hindenburg Research, who's a short seller, came out with a short report, but they said we uh, like ten minutes ago. Okay. But but they said we have no position, long or short. We because <laughs> they're scared to say we short. We, we have have Andrew left, and they're scared. We have no. But we think this company is a fraud, but we have no position. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Uh, well, yeah, because I do the report. Usually, they want that to make the money from their influence there, right. so they're spooked. I, I guess I mean, so. I don't know. I what you do that? Do you think they're lying? Do you think they do have a position? No, <laughs> I don't think they lie. I, I don't, don't even do that. I don't know. I don't know. I think if they don't have a say, they don't have a position. They have to. They can't lie. So that's crazy. I mean, anyway, so they obviously are scared because I mean, we watched what happened to Andrew Left. Oh, I'm short this thing, and then they ripped it higher on them. I, I, I this was what was the. Uh, what was the symbol on this before Clover Health? Because I was in it. Uh, was it like IP? Uh, Mitch, Mitch, help us out here. Someone chat, help back, us out. Mitch, what was the SPAC? That this oh my was god. Uh, oh, was it? Uh, was it? Um, was it? Damn it! I don't know. What, IP. Was it IPOE? Was it IPOE? I thought it was one of those. I yeah, had this. Oh god. And I sold it. IPOC. Um, Eric saying IPOC. IPOC. Yeah. IPOC. All right. So I, I had this as a SPAC. Thank you, Chris. And obviously, you know, I had the big run. I, I think I had this back when it was like 10 or 11 bucks. Like I had it early and I had the big run. I got the, obviously the deal. And I don't know. I just decided that it was time to ring the register on it. So actually, it seems like it was a good sale. I, I don't know much about this company, though. Like I don't know much about them. Do you want me to tell you what what Hindenburg yeah, like I know is what, alleging? What, I know, but like, I, but what exactly? How are they different? How is Clover Health like? The, the next big thing do you know that i don't know no okay. i don't know um, anyways maybe it doesn't matter. anyway the, the the crux of the report though hindenburg is saying that there's actually an undisclosed doj investigation against the company um investigating at least 12 issues ranging from kickbacks to marketing practices to undisclosed third-party deals um they said so they talked to a bunch of employees uh going so going after chamath going after spacs i'm wondering if other spacs will trade down on this i don't know i haven't looked but Interesting. You, you see a short report that says we have no position. I, yeah, I don't I've never I've ever, seen, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Because the way they've done it in the past is they short the stock, they issue yeah. the report, the stock tanks on the report, and then they can collect. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all been, you know, a lot of market manipulation, a lot of this stuff. But, I mean, they're entitled to their opinion. It's a gray area. Yeah, so, you're entitled to your opinion. And you're entitled to voice your opinion. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was it's a difficult thing to, you know, ever come at. So, and obviously a lot of mess, you know, a lot of people taking advantage of that but I, I don't know like if there's you know obviously we know is this which one is this a hindenburg who, who's yeah, yep one? yep they've come out with reports before and some of them have been correct and you know andrew left i've always respected andrew left's research more than anyone because i feel like he's made some very good calls in the past but no these other guys have too i mean sometimes they're right sometimes they're wrong yep um in this case we don't know but it's it's down Do you know, did he he said that he's not gonna publish Right. No, no, he he's, no, that. no, no. He said he is not shorting. That's what he said. He said, yeah, he, he said he's going to publish long trades, but not short trades. He's spooked. 
they're all spooked that they don't want to disclose that they're short of stock and then have Reddit running on them. They're so afraid. They, they're, they afraid of, they're afraid of Reddit. of Reddit. They're that's afraid a, of Reddit. That's a that's a, a scared of Reddit right there. They're yeah, scared of Reddit. I think you might be right. I yeah, you might be right. Yeah. All right, uh, 8.35, let's bring on our second guest here, Buck Andrews. He's the co-founder of Inform. We had a great chat last week amidst the chaos. Buck, good morning. Oh, wait, you're on mute here. Let's unmute your mic if we can. Can you, can you like, there we there go. We go. Good, yeah. good morning. Good morning. Uh, Buck, I remember you saying, first of all, last week you, like, somehow managed to go fishing while the market was letting itself on fire, so... Did, did you did you get go fishing again this week or what? No, I did not go fishing All this right. week. And I, I got to sell my Nokia out at uh, like um, so. Let's talk, let's talk about of, that. Let's instead talk, of nine fifty because I went fishing. Let's talk about that. So 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 you so you bought Nokia when when two weeks no, ago? I own I own Nokia like from about three fifty. So I've owned it for several months. Okay. Uh, and it ran up to nine, almost ten dollars last week. Yeah, nine seventy-five. It was almost a double in one day. And and so what happened? So so walk us through that trade. Well, what happened is that uh, I think you had the brokerage companies um, discontinue the ability to buy stock, yeah. and, uh, along with GameStop. So it was it was thrown into that group. And when you you know you dry up the buying, um, of course, what's going to happen? So. It's my understanding that what the DTC that uh, they came in and started requiring big margin deposits right. from Robinhood and and the others, and um, that forced these companies to discontinue buying um, because they couldn't, you know, they didn't want to put up that kind of margin. Wait, okay, so so so, Buck, walk us through like your headspace though, because uh, you were up big for one day. You were up huge. In, in right. a couple hours, in, in, well, a couple hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so like, walk walk us through like your mindset and sort of how how you got yourself out of this thing. Um, you know, I got out because once once they stopped the next day, it was obvious that they were going to stop the buying. You know, um, and once you stop the you know the, the buying, you've got an imbalance on the stock, right? And so, what's going to happen? You know, they're going to you know stocks going to collapse. So there was no way for it to rebound for a second day. Um, so I didn't know exactly how far it would go down. You know, I'd owned it for a while. So I went ahead and bailed on the stock, um, took my profits and, you know, wait for another day. to potentially Were you able get to get out. out of some into that pop? Into that ridiculous, I'm going to call it a ridiculous <laughs> No, pop. you know what? I, was, I, I, I saw it like trading at seven. Then I looked at it at eight. I had my phone with me, you know, and I could have traded off the phone. Um and I did not sell. That was, you know, that was a big mistake. I did not see it hit nine seventy five. Yeah. That was a double. I would have sold some there for sure had I seen it. Um, but you know, I, I saw it tick, hitting those lower prices. Um, a double in a day, I better be taking some profits. Yeah, I, I, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Nokia. And the other thing that we mentioned yesterday, Buck, was that got jacked. They jacked that price, and you know, Reddit took over, and this was a Reddit pop. But yeah. they jacked it after Europe was closed because this is, remember, trade over in Europe. It's a very thick stock in yeah. Europe. But Europe closes at 11 o'clock. And if you look at when that price got jacked, it was after 11 o'clock because the liquidity would have dropped substantially. And that's when the Reddit influence, the Reddit buying would have really been able to push the price. And right, so exactly. then it got all the way up there. And then Europe opens the next day. 
and the stock, like, I mean, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, a widely owned company to the tune of like, you know, this is like AT&T widely owned over there, that yeah, it's very, very difficult for a, a Nokia stock to double in a day. And I think if Europe would have been open during that time, I don't think it would have traded up that high. Yeah, there's no doubt you're you're right about that. The liquidity would not have. There's too many outstanding shares. Um, yes, I think I think some of the big Europe. boys participated in that too. Dennis. They might they might have yeah, timed yeah, it, Joel. Yeah, yeah. They might have timed it and know yeah. when when the liquidity when we can jack it. They, that could be Joel, but we don't know. Like I mean, we keep saying Reddit, you know, Reddit pops these things, but we know just from stats that are coming out now that there was a lot of hedge funds involved here as well. So this wasn't all just Reddit. So, yeah, I'm sure there are, there are momentum players jumping into the fray, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and the high-frequency guys are probably right in there. It's a good trade for, for sure. them. You know, I, I did, uh, Spence, I heard you guys mention yeah. pack car. Just one thing on that. That's actually something we've studied. I've studied at business school. And uh, pack car, and I actually visited the company in Washington. Um, they they make the long-haul trailers or track, you know, tractors. So they're it's a trucking company. And the reason that people watch that company is because it's generally an indication of a improving economy. So it would make sense that you'd buy that, you know, coming out of COVID. There we go. Thanks for that. All right. What else is on your radar here? You you mentioned to me yesterday you, you were watching the TLT. We can discuss the TLT on our show for, for quite for quite a while. What's that? Yeah, well, well that you know, we, 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 we talked about treasuries, right? And so, yeah. you know, I kind of watch these commodities a bit. And as I said, my first day in the treasury pit was lowered down, limit up. And by the way, the, the guy with the, the pencil is Tommy Baldwin. He's actually in Turtle Trader. Um this guy used to trade. I was looking him up. Um, he's on Wikipedia. You can look him up. Tommy Baldwin. Um, the Baldwin he, he, leap. He had the Baldwin leap. Right, he right. Out. Yeah, he would just he, he, jump. Yeah, exa- exactly. And that's when he hit, you know, threw up like that. And that's when that's the pen struck the guy, <laughs> the pencil. But, you know, he would he would take on single trades of $200 million by himself. And in a day, he could trade up to 20000 Contracts, which is two billion dollars for a single person, so it was. Uh, you know, he traded like an institution. All right, so the reason I'm watching uh, TLT, it's kind of similar to the oils, um, and I, I'm also uh, I'm actually short the bond futures, um, is because you know the the way that this economy and the way that this market comes to a halt is through inflation, and so I, you know I like keeping a, just an eye on that. It, it will take a while for that to develop. Um, but who knows? I mean, with the, the next stimulus package and the amount of debt that we've got, could we be looking at potentially the top of a bond market? That's a big question. I don't know. If, I, I don't know if any of us have, have the answer or, or the insight. Well, well, I mean, look look at the chart. Oh, I know. It's straight down. Lower highs. One, two, three, four, five, six, seventh month of lower highs. Yeah. yeah. It's been good. So that's why I'm watching the I'm watching the treasuries just as a you know it's bonds always lead the stock market and you know ninety percent of the time. So if you keep an eye on the bonds, you know it's a, it's just a good indication of what's to come potentially in the stock. So that makes you nervous. Well, it takes a while, as I said, for these things to to develop. Yeah, well, how, a long while. Well, how long is how long is a long while? Like, <laughs> we want to know. Today, tomorrow, next Wednesday. To come on, Bob. Well, we want to know well, you, when the top is, so that I can sell before the top hits. <laughs> That's well, why you make the big bucks, Buck. <laughs> well, yeah. 
let's just say we're watching it and uh you know depending upon how quickly it, i mean it could accelerate faster than people think you know you or it could be a bit slower but um with some of the action that's been taken you know with oil and oil is certainly a, a inflation maybe not as much as it used to be but it still has a big big input into inflation right if you look at that chart that's uh since actually take take a look at that chart since november 3rd it, it's uh quite interesting there you go there's your crude chart yeah look at november 3rd that was that was that was election day yep yeah all right which is amazing that's a great (laughs) that's a great point you're bringing up though here because everybody you know you look at this and actually i think goldman got this call right but you know a lot of people think okay well biden's coming in here um you know we're gonna go to cleaner energy this can't be good for oil and it's been the exact opposite so far. It's been very good for oil. So yeah. it's a little counterintuitive. Yeah. And on, on top of that, you also have coordination with the OPEC, you know, so they're they're coordinating to cut back and drive prices higher. So that's also, you know, <clears throat> that creates inflation. Um, and so that brings me to the some of the stocks that I'm watching on the oil yes. side. Yeah. You know, I've, been, I've been watching uh, Marathon Oil. I've got a position in that one. Um, Apache. And Phillips. Those are the so, three that I own on the oil side. Um, so, yeah, so, so at APA, MRO, and PSX. Yes, or, or not? Not Marathon. Excuse me. It's um, it's uh, um, yeah, Marathon. Yep. Okay. MRO, PSX, APA. Those are the three that yeah. Bob mentioned. Yeah. And if you look at the daily charts on those, they all look pretty good. Um, if we continue seeing you know upward movement in oil prices. I think these stocks have got some room to run. Probably just got so oversold last year. I'm still a, a, not a fan of oil stocks whatsoever, just because I think there's secular decline here. Uh, but I mean, you know, we were in a, at a point where you know Exxon Mobil, which had never cut their dividend, was over 10. percent I think it actually approached 11 percent the dividend at one time, which is just incredible. It still got a 7.28 percent. Maybe it was just a, a matter of like these were. This was just an oversold industry. It, it could be, but you know, look at the look at the movement in the oil prices. So you think there's still more upside here? Well, you know, and marathons are a refiner, right? So they're running right now at about eighty-two percent capacity. You get the economy increasing. Um, you know, they could go to close to you know, who knows? It could be it might be up in the ninety, the high ninety percent capacity. So, and um, that's that, that's the thing with oil, right? Is like demand's not going away anytime not, soon. Not immediately, no. Right. Right. We're not all going to be EVs tomorrow. Right. Right. What's the one that Warren's into? Got beat up real bad. It did the acquisition. Oxy. Oxy, yeah. yeah. Wasn't he at Oxy? Yeah. Still I don't is, know if he's still in there. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah. he is. And and I agree with you, Dennis. I'm, a, I'm not a huge oil trader, um, but no, I, I'm a technology trader, yeah. but uh, throw, throwing some something on the other side of the barbell just so that, uh, you know, <laughs> got a little bit of exposure. Well, that's not a bad idea, too. I mean, if you're all just tech stocks and then tech decides to take the fall, I mean, we've seen this rotation from value to tech happen in the past. And it can be ugly for, you know, we saw it back in September where, you know, NASDAQ fell 10% in just a few days. And, you know, some of the value stocks we started to see rotation into 
those stocks. What do you think, you know, the consumer staples, you were talking with the bonds, but the consumer staples have just been, you know, beat up massively here as well, probably along with, you know, um, with the TLT. What are your thoughts here just, um, you know, on like a Coca-Cola or a Verizon? Because these stocks are significantly, you know, they've had some pretty pretty significant sales here uh, in 2021. Um, Is there value here in some of these stocks? Um, you know what? I don't follow them that closely. I find them pretty boring. <laughs> too boring. <laughs> too boring That's everyone. That's why they're selling these things. That's actually why these stocks are getting sold because they're too boring. That's the truth. They're getting sold yeah. because they're too boring and nobody cares about a 4% dividend. Yeah. But I'll tell you another, another stock I took a position in yesterday, which is a, a boring stock was Chubb. It's because sure. they had a blowout. blowout yeah, it did them. yeah? Didn't they just report earnings like last week or something? They did. So I pulled that up on you know, Tuesday, two days ago. Them. Right. What's Chubb? CHP? I'm having CB. CB. You go back to the '90s. CB. It's been yeah. CB for a while. <laughs> CB and and take a look at the chart. There, chart's looking pretty good too on a breakout. Yeah, you get above that 160. What's the all-time yeah. high on this? Uh, I guess there's a little bit up there, 167. You're starting to just get back up in that area we were back last year. So, yeah. 167.74. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, the, the there's an awful lot of these stocks that are trading way above their, you know, their uh, like uh, January, February highs, right? You know, what, I mean, some two, three hundred percent when you start talking about technology stocks. So, what I'm looking at is some of these stocks that have not got above those highs so they might have you're looking more for a catch-up trade you're looking for yeah. a catch-up trade yeah and uh something to offset you know my, my heavily exposed uh uh arc funds right. oh yeah hey, you're hey. in all the arc funds aren't you? <laughs> hey that's you're that's, long kathy diversification is key yeah that's we're all long kathy we're all mad at her because her email was late last night although apparently not to mark chaikin so, <laughs> no, some people in the chat were saying they got it at seven o'clock. I don't know what time zone they're in. I thought but... they just like, sent it out bulk. Why is some people on the preferred list? How do we, me and Spencer, need to get on the preferred list? I don't know. I don't know. Usually it is always 6 30, but last night was 8 30. Anyway, so you on the Kathy list, Buck? Do you get the Kathy? I am not. How do, how do you get on this list? I should be on it. All right. You, 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 you go to arkinvest.com. You, no, this is what you do. You Google Ark Invest trade notifications. That's what you do. And then okay. you pay, you go, there you go. We gave out a huge We're like, we're like a, like a uh, people infomercial. We're, we're like, like an infomercial. Because we, we have gotten so many people on that list. <laughs> I don't yeah. That, that must just got to be like uh, Motley Fool making a, a suggestion. It right? might be. Oh, I think it might be bigger. It may be. All right. <laughs> yeah. Buck Andrews is the co-founder of Inform. Check it out. Go to inform.info or market.inform.info. There is a link. It's info. Sign up for free. Check it out. Buck, we always appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Yeah, thank you, guys. Have a good, uh, good rest of your week and a good weekend. All right, uh, we should go back to this Clover Health thing because they, they they brought it up on CNBC while while we had Buck on. So we um so then it tanked more. So then it then it tanked more. That's what you I get was... the news, the stock tanks, and then CNBC mentions it, and you get the second tank. Yep. You know, but I what I love about CNBC is sometimes you know it'll get you out of a bad trade where you think the news okay the news breaks and you think it's good and you buy it. And then it's like, oh, no, they're selling it on it. But I'm like, okay, well, in three minutes, CNBC, I'll say breaking news, and then I'll get another pop and allow me to get out of my bad trade. There's a there's a strategy for getting out of when yeah, you're on I the wrong side of the news. <laughs> if it's obvious, you know, because then you got the whole CNBC, it'll come in five minutes. So I was like, oh, we'll get out of the CNBC pop in two minutes here. So. <laughs> hey, that's it. That's one of your less reliable indicators. <laughs> that's right.
They're all, all the indicators aren't always reliable, Joel. You're always, you know, that's why you use a whole bunch of them. You hope a couple of them work. All right. Uh, 851. I want to talk Sava here for a second. So this oh, is, this oh, is a small oh. uh, healthcare biotech, oh. uh, low float company, about 22 million share float. They have an Alzheimer's drug. And they they gave they announced some data on that some like interim data a couple of days ago it was like February second I want to say they announced results of an interim analysis of an open label study of their Alzheimer's drug they said that cognition and behavior scores both improved following six months of of treatment with no safety issues again this was two days ago um, and the stock has been in just rocket ship mode. I was trading this actively back in September because it kept having insider buys. Ooh. So, and I can remember, you know, it was like $9 and $10 and it kept having insider buys. Anyways, that was back in September. It took a long time for those insiders <laughs> to get paid, but holy cow, are they getting paid right now? So sometimes it does pay to follow the insider buys on the SEC release. I'll tell wow. you, I'll tell you exactly because I'll just pull it up in in, yeah. ben, in Benzinga Pro here. Yeah, uh, if I can make it, maybe I'll zoom in a little bit. I, I remember trading it actively back. It was like September or October. All I did was I, scroll down. There was like insider buys every day, and here. I'm like. And, and, you know, when you see that many, you think, okay, well, was, you know, you, know you, you play it along with them. You think they might know something. You see, a, you see a couple on the later, 17th. They... Uh, you see this is September 17th. Uh-huh. You see, uh, no, that's really it. September 17th and, and yeah, late. You know, there's time. more. Keep going. There's more in there. There's, there's, more? there's more? I remember it like three, four days in a row. I'm going to look too now. You got me looking. All right. Maybe went too far. I hope. Uh, I hope. I'm pretty sure. Oh, there was one above that. I remember, like a, a few days in a row. I was like, "There's more." Yeah. The- so September, September 24th. There yeah. was one on. Uh, uh, huge. Know, just scrolling up here. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with that. But consistent, you know. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, uh, Anyways, I, I I just remember that trading it back then, and then I was looking at it yesterday. I was like. This is a hundred dollar stock. I like last night. I was like, "When did this become a hundred dollar stock?" And I looked. It was like three days ago. I'm like, so what happened? Why? Why the explosion in price now? Do we know why? I, well, I said part of it. Grab a hold of this thing. Part of it is the low float. So when a stock has a uh, a low float, that means there's not that many shares available for trading in the public market. It is uh, easier to to move uh, in one direction. Right. It's easier to control. The trade, yeah. and so there's a 22 million share float of Sava. It's not a lot of shares. It's easy to move. Uh, it's not super thick. Although the volume yesterday, I think, was like 50 million. So every share traded twice yesterday. Did but, somebody um, somewhere in some YouTube channel or deep value <laughs> guy come in here and do a video on it or something? I mean, I don't know why all of a sudden though they, they grab a hold of this one. Was this a red? Like was it Reddit? Because I don't see a headline. That yeah, we know they, that. they've got a drug and that they've been cooking is Alzheimer's, right? That's it. That's, that's the one. I mean, that's a great story in itself, you know, like anything, you know, that because we know we've never had a successful drug. So we know these can be big movers, but I don't see like a trial. Was there a trial or something? Result no, or something? They, I, I, I said they announced it two days ago. So. Okay, well, there was a catalyst then two days ago. I didn't. Yeah, know yeah, two days, two days ago. Yeah. So I just decided to start going now. Yeah. Okay. Question from the chat: What is considered a low float? Good question. It, it, it's it's subjective. My yeah, ar- sure. my, my arbitrary definition is anything below, below 100 million. That's my arbitrary line. 
but it's really subjective. I I, I don't know. Uh, what what I think it, it's been to you ask. Uh, it's I, totally subjective. Yeah, I, mean, I would what, say. What I would say I, I consider I, anything under a billion because I trade mega caps. So yeah, right. I, I stay away from the smaller stuff. Yeah, one thirty eight sixty, one thirty eight fifty. That got too. I hope this has uh, been like the penny stock. You know, maybe this is a good, you know, two minute educational point. But this has been like the penny stock market where people are, are back to like looking through penny stocks. I mean, we had these years where the penny stocks, you know, this is where you make the money and they get, you know, and it's it's rotation. Right now, people are interested in making the money fast. They sell Amazon earnings off because they don't care. <laughs> they want to go make money fast. And this is a market that's spoiling a lot of people here right now. I will tell you, there's a lot of mar- times during you know my 24-year trading career where there's years that go by and nobody's talking about penny stocks because usually when the dust settles, 90% of these things continue to go down. It's like finding the needle in the haystack, the one that's going to go. And there's people, there was people ripping through everything that had a short interest, you know, last week. And, you know, we were talking about it on the show too. And a lot of them were going, but a lot of them didn't go too. So you're still trying to find what's the next Reddit stock. Oh, we'll try this one and this one and this one. And then you know what happened is all the stocks that had a high short interest, the ones that didn't even go, some of those got hit too because they were crowded with people hoping that this was going to be the next one. So you've got to be careful, you know, when you're trading these smaller stocks. And, you know, Sava is one of them. You know, you think, okay, yeah, it's 94, it's going to 1,000. And then all of a sudden you got a, you know, a situation on your hands like another GameStop where, you know, it starts to give it back. Who knows where this thing tops out? And, and you know, it does have a story and it does have the Alzheimer's and maybe it goes higher. Maybe this is the one. Maybe it is going to a thousand. Yep. It could happen. But in all likelihood, when the dust settles, these things often do give their gains back. So it's hard to just come in here and be a buyer 94. As long as you can buy anything, as long as you got your out. Remember, you have to have your out. Discipline. You know, say, okay, I'm going to stop myself out at yesterday's high or something or yesterday's close if you're buying it here. If it takes that out, I'm going to eat my seven-point loss and I'm going to get out. But too many people just buy chasing the stock and then have no out, no plan to get out of the losing position, no contingency plan to get out if the trade moves against them. And that's the biggest difference between a seasoned traders and a newer trader because a lot of newer traders just think about the profit that they can make where a seasoned trader will think about how much money I can lose. That's why I asked Buck about Nokia because I, I had a feeling he didn't sell at $9, but I, but I wanted to know when he sold and how he got himself out of that trade mentally, right? As well as, yeah. you know, cause that's that, that a lot of people are in these, are in these high flyers now and maybe they're stuck. Uh, if you're in, if you bought GameStop last week, you're probably stuck. You um, won't hear anything and the other thing is there's this you know everybody thinks the other person's getting rich and you all you read on twitter and like so many people made so much money on gamestop and you'll hear a few things some horror stories on you know some people who bought you know three hundred dollars and they're now money but again you know everybody's gonna say oh i sold i sold i sold because people want to brag about themselves to make them feel better about their lives i mean (laughs) and and the bottom line here is that's harsh well, it's true. It's true. People have to, if, what well, really, when you're on Twitter and you're bragging about yourself, it's telling me that you're not confident about yourself. It's telling me that you're not confident, that you need that affirmation that I'm a good trader. I need somebody else to tell me I'm a good trader because I'm not confident enough in me. I think that's what it is. And that's everybody's on there because they're not confident enough in themselves. They have to brag about themselves on Twitter. So, you know, I like talking about my losers, to be honest, more because I think I learn more from talking about my losers. 
you know, I think it's fun to talk about your loser. And like misery likes company a little bit, you know, I, I, have a bad I, trade. I like talking about it because, uh, you know, one, you learn from it. And two, people say, oh, you'll get them next time. And they cheer you up a little bit. But that's not the way Twitter works. It's like 99% of people on Twitter just want to talk about their winners. What do you learn from that? You All don't right. learn anything from winning trades. You learn from losing trades. You maybe, learn what not to do. Maybe we should start our own social media platform where all we do is talk about our losing trades. <laughs> You're not allowed <laughs> to talk about your winners. <laughs> I, I want to tell everyone <laughs> how I, I want to tell everyone how I, I, I bought. I called the bottom in, in GE at 15. You know, uh, we made we, the we, journal. <laughs> you made the journal yeah, is what yeah. we used to call it. When right. You, if, you, if you sell the bottom of the day or buy the the top of the day, you made you made the journal. Yeah, I, I bought Kraft Heinz at 65. Oops. Um, we should the only talk. <laughs> is, though, that a lot of traders do lose money. And you're looking out there and you're reading Twitter and you think, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. And it's because you're getting the skewed vision that every single person is getting rich on GameStop or every single person is getting rich. And you know what? And then you and then it makes you make mistakes because it makes you want to hit for the home run. I got to put more money in this. I got to go after this one. I got to chase this Sava today because my neighbor's getting rich and they're going to get a better car and a bigger house than I am. Just, you know, base hits. Base hits. Don't worry about your neighbor. Worry about yourself. If your neighbor is making, a, you know, 2000 a day and you're Great. making 500 a day, you know what? You can still live and pay the bills on $500 a day. And at the end of the day, we're all dead anyway. So the money's meaningless. So, <laughs> oh, man, so this got deep. Know, this got deep fast. No, it's true. I mean, I'm so, it, it's like, oh, I'm so depressed because, you know, um, you know, I didn't sell it here. Are you getting, you know, down on yourself? You know what? Just base hits. Do what you can. If you're losing money trading, don't worry. There's a lot of other people losing money trading too. And it takes time to learn this game. Right now, people have been spoiled. Markets have been going straight up. Everybody thinks they've got it all figured out. I mean, that works in a bull market very well. But we'll see what happens when the market goes to turn. You know what? Dennis is right. We're all going to die. What is the point of this? We're all going to die eventually. Well, okay, I'm not trying to be morbid here and just say, okay, well, you know, why do we even try? You know, it's, still, it's still fun. you got to have fun, though. That's the whole thing. Have fun yeah. with what you're doing. And again, give yourself a pat on the back. One thing I learned from Jeremy Newsom, you know, who is an excellent trader, and he would say, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm negative half the time too. And, you know, he'd say, you know, you could trade. Give yourself a pat on the back. Don't look for the pat on the back from somebody else. Give yeah. it to yourself. Tell yourself you had a good trade there. And don't worry about getting the affirmation. You know, you know, you had a good trade. You had a good trade. Tell yourself that. You know, get your confidence up. Because if you're sitting there reading Twitter, it's going to hurt your confidence. And when my confidence is down, it's going to affect my performance. That's a great point. That's so a great I'm point. I'm sitting there and worrying about everybody else, you know, getting rich on GameStop, you know, and I'm sitting here, base hits, base hits, you know, oh, here's somebody that made $13 million on GameStop. Hey, folks, I didn't make $13 million in a game. I didn't make a penny on GameStop. I never traded it. So I watched. It was awesome to watch. I used it as an indicator. Sure. But I mean, you know, you think, oh, everybody, and I'm looking at it, even thinking, you know, I get in my head, I'm like, holy cow, I should have just bought some GameStop. I wouldn't have had to make 200 other trades and base hits last night. You thought one home run and you make your year. But I mean, the people who are going for that home run usually strike out. Yeah. And speaking of that indicator, 
what do you do when GameStop's flat? Because it's flat overnight here, so it's not up, it's not down. And I don't know what that means for your overall market here, Dennis. But yeah, I think the indicator's starting to not. It, we know this indicator is short-lived. It's like the Inspector Gadget. This note will self-destruct in five minutes. I mean, this indicator will self-destruct by next week because nobody will care about GameStop. It was working very well for like five or six days. So like GameStop starts tanking and the SPY starts going up. I mean, you yep. can totally. People were making fun of me for that indicator, but I tell you, I made a lot of money trading in the last week using the GameStop indicator uh, just because you can see the perfect inverse correlation between GME. Uh, not not now. I think it's kind of almost yeah, done. Indicator, but but last week bit. it was working because people, there was literally, it was going up 100 points and the market was puking because they're worried that this is affecting you know, liquidity. This is affecting hedge funds. Hedge funds are blowing out. They've got to sell their good positions. And there was a little bit of that, but it was more the fear of that, you know, that was really driving that trade. And, you know, and it did. And so, you know, now I think, you know, the GameStop story has cooled off substantially. Does it get hot again? If GameStop stock starts ripping up to 150, 200, I think the SPY will start showing some weakness. I just don't think even yesterday with the Amazon news, they sold that. There's so many bag holders in here now that it makes me think that all rallies are going to be just met with resistance. Yeah, hard, hard for it to go back to 200 resistance. now because there's a lot of bag holders in there. So, I mean, Reddit would love to rip that stock again. I just don't think they got the oomph to do it. And I don't think the hedge funds are in, on that side of the trade anymore. And it was really the hedge funds that were probably driving it. We can say it was Reddit. And we can say, oh, yeah, because they shut Reddit down. But again, we looked at the stats from Citadel. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of last week, uh, retail was a net seller of GameStop. And they could still, in those days, I think Monday or Tuesday, when did they put the short sell? Or when they put the... The, when did Robin Hood cut it back? Uh, what thir- Thursday, I think. I don't know. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, despite being able to buy as yeah, much never. GameStop as they want, they were net sellers those days, according mm-hmm. to Citadel stats. So that's telling me that this was driven by hedge funds and not retail. Just to put a retail bow on let the fire. Just, just, hedge just, funds just to put a bow on that conversation about trading, I'm I'm pasting a, a, a link to a tweet that uh, Spinner had had posted in our Benzinga.com chat. Uh, John Carter, who's been on our show before, uh, did a really good blog post just about uh, his trading journal from last year and the taking the wins with the losses. So I recommend everyone uh, check that out. I, I just pasted it in. In uh, who's our guest in- tomorrow? Uh, well, tomorrow is oh, Friday. Jason. Tomorrow's yep. Friday, so we've got Marcus, uh, Hyde uh, Carter, and Jason Rasnick, and um, that's on the slate for tomorrow. So we're we're doing what we did yesterday, and looks like this may be uh, the plan going forward. Uh, so for everybody, uh, you know, me- messaging us concerned uh, that pre market prep uh, didn't get uploaded uh, yesterday. It got uploaded. It was very late. Yesterday was our first day kind of doing this this live all day thing. So we're working through the kings. But it don't worry, I will make sure that P Market Prep gets uploaded live. Uh, or gets uploaded as a separate video and also uh, as a podcast. Uh, I know that a lot of people listen to it via the podcast, so uh, it's a priority to get that up. So don't Is worry. Is there any just way cause... just to, to to cut it out? Like you, like you stop it and then yep you stop yep that, it, that that's it? exactly what we're having someone do. Actually, okay. as, as we speak, they should be doing it. So uh, so don't worry. Uh, okay. I, I I I heard your feedback, and we're we're going to make sure that that happens. Uh, for everyone who listens to our show via podcast, I just want to add uh, this disclaimer. That all information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or training advice. Once again, today's pre-market prep was sponsored by Inform, their enterprise news 
productivity tool is designed to enable you to perform more thorough stock research by isolating the specific headlines that are most impactful to your portfolio. Go to inform.info to learn more. Dennis and Joel just dipped out, leaving me by myself, which is totally fine, I guess. 